Hi, this is Natalie Hoffman of FlyingFreeNow.com, and you're listening to the Flying Free Podcast, a support resource for women of faith looking for hope and healing from hidden emotional and spiritual abuse. Welcome to episode 134 of the Flying Free Podcast. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to let you know that we offer free online small groups every four months that go through my book, Is It Me? Making Sense of Your Confusing Marriage, along with the companion workbook. And you know who hears about how to register and join these groups? Everyone on my mailing list. That's right. It pays to be on my mailing list. I never spam. Women on my list get one email a week letting them know what that week's podcast episode is. And when we open up the free small groups, those are the ones who get invited. If I get a hankering to write an article, those folks hear about it first. And at some point down the road, when I'm making some badass documentaries exposing abuse in religious environments, which is a huge dream of mine that I'm hoping to start making a reality soon, those women will be the first to find out. Those are my peeps, my community, my family. And if you're not part of it yet, why not? Go to flyingfreenow.com and hop on the mailing list. It's too late to join small groups this time around, but you'll be the first to hear about winter groups in February. And of course, you can always apply to get into the Flying Free program at any time by going to joinflyingfree.com. If you're divorced and you need a tribe, check out Flying Higher at joinflyinghigher.com. That group is small but mighty. They are kicking ass and taking names. Excuse my French, but it just captures the energy of that group. And we would love to have you join us if you're divorced and you're ready to rebuild your life. Okay, couple of reviews. Thank you, thank you, thank you for everyone who's been doing this, leaving reviews. Momentum is starting to build around, well, I shouldn't say it's starting, it's just continuing to build around this podcast, and we love to see it because it means more women are getting free. If we can train and free women, we can train and free the next generation, so I think this work is pretty critical. Um, One woman wrote in, fantastic support for emotional and spiritual abuse, sir, thrivers. I love that. Another woman writes, it's a lifeline in confusing and painful times. I can't remember who recommended Natalie to me, but I remember sitting in the bathtub the first time I took in an episode. You never know where you might be. I hadn't filed for divorce yet, but was living in this horrific limbo between recognizing and leaving abuse with all of the physical, emotional, and spiritual repercussions for my kids and I, and experiencing Christian leaders perpetuate and condone abuse in my home for the sake of an image of an intact marriage. I couldn't find anyone in our Christian leadership circles to prioritize our safety over the marriage, and it was terrifying. Then came Natalie, and she helped me make sense of the devastating experience I was living. She shed so much biblical light and truth on my situation. She literally laid out my story without ever speaking with me about my situation. She provides a community of women to work toward health and healing together. It's been a lifeline. It's been a safe place. It's been an anchor in the stormiest sea I've ever been in. I love, love, love that God's word is the center of helping women understand confusing marriages and experience permission to get safe. No matter what she does, it's impactful. 
I started here, joined her community, and am now working through her book in a book club. She's a source of light and hope for everyone in my situation. So thank you so much for leaving that. So encouraging. I remember, I think I've said this even here on the podcast, I remember several years ago with a, a church elder looked at me across a circular table and leaned in towards me and said, you don't know God. So when I read reviews like this, it's just really encouraging because at the mo- at, in that moment, it was very um, traumatizing for me. But um, it's encouraging to know that God is using this work in the lives of so many people. So if you like this podcast, subscribe, leave a rating and review, and thank you so much for helping us out. Okay, last week in part one of what you can do when your Christian husband bullies you, and I use the word Christian, of course, loosely here, we talked about how there is sometimes confusion over what is abusive behavior and what isn't. Abuse targets will often react to the abuse in ways that may look similar to the abuser on the outside, but that's because she's trying to take back some personal control and autonomy, and she thinks she can't. She typically feels triggered and panicked because she's been programmed to buy into her husband's universe, his movie of how life is supposed to be, how she is supposed to be. And she has her own movie of how he is supposed to be as well. And she keeps hoping beyond hope that if she just plays her cards right, he will be the man she thought she married. It never works that way, though. Whoever you married is showing up exactly as he is. He's been trying to show you who he is for years, maybe. For some of you, it's been decades. But our brains are amazing, and they just don't let go of their programming without some focused effort. This is what I train the women in my programs to do so they can eventually get free in their brain's programming and then their lives will follow. Anyway, last week I gave the first five ways that Christian bullies show up in their relationships with their wives and some new ways that those wives can respond from a place of personal power and autonomy. And this week I'm going to finish by giving you five more. So we did one, two, three, four, five last week, and this week we're going to start with number six. Abusers hate the truth. The truth sets people free, and an abuser is himself trapped in a cage of his own making. His goal is to keep his targets and everyone around him in the dark, so they'll be trapped along with him. Abusers lie. A lot. They lie to cover up their bad behavior. They omit information so their target can't make good decisions because she doesn't have all the pieces she needs to do so. They lie about money, time, who they are, where they are, what they do, how they got there. They lie about you, who you are, what you're thinking, what you're like, and so forth. They are big pretenders, and they suck their target into their pretend world where the target gets to be a Lego character. Woohoo! So what can the abuse target do? Well, she can be a truth teller. If she's surrounded by liars in her family of origin or her church, then she's going to have to stand alone. She'll have to break out of the bubble of lies and learn how to be like Jesus, who told the truth, even if it caused a lot of folks to gnash their teeth at him. Jesus said he was God. Remember that? And then the people wanted to throw him off a cliff because they were filled with so much rage. Truth tellers have to be strong and brave and do hard things, even while their legs are shaking. And when you tell the truth, 
It shatters cages and sets people free, starting with yourself. But yes, it also puts you at odds with liars. The Bible talks a lot about how the enemy poses as an angel of light. So when you try to expose that fake light, you're going to get burned by others who have been, you know, already been pulled in by that fake light. Do you know how to tell the difference between real light and fake light? Real light from Jesus always loves, never judges or condemns or hates or kicks out or vilifies. Real light offers freedom and hope. It allows everyone to make their own choices and take their own personal responsibility. It lets people be on their own journey and build their own emotional and spiritual muscles in their own time. If, when you tell the truth, people get angry and say, I'm not going to be your friend anymore, you know that they're not representing Jesus. You can accept their decision. You can even grieve your loss of that friendship. But just understand that that kind of pain is actually clean pain and you will survive it. Now, demanding that they understand you, or believe you, or defend you, or love you, that's only going to cause you dirty pain. And it's hard to get rid of dirty pain. Helping women clean up their dirty pain and allow the clean pain is one of the important things we do in Flying Free. Now, I can hear what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, well, if real light loves then aren't I part of the problem when I take a stand and say no to my husband? He's devastated when I threaten to leave him. I want to love him and be a good Christian woman. Aren't I being just as judgmental when I make a boundary for myself? Well, I think that depends on the energy that you're creating that boundary from. If your boundary is more like manipulation, um, it might sound like this. You better change and be the amazing husband I need or else I'm going to leave you. Well, then that's just power and control of a different kind. Because guess what? Your husband gets to be whoever he wants to be. He's an adult. If he wants to be a bully, he can. It's his choice. Love actually lets him have his choice. And guess what? Love also lets you have yours. Do you love yourself? Do you have your own back? When you set a boundary from a place of love and freedom, that might sound more like, husband, I accept you just the way you are. You've shown me time and again that you lie. That's what you do. You are a chronic liar, and I've decided to accept that. You're an adult. You get to do you. And I love you, even though you're a liar, just like Jesus loves you, even though you're a liar. But... I also love me, and I've decided that for me, I'm not going to live with lies or liars. That's who I am. So, out of love and acceptance for both you and me, I'm leaving you. I wish you the best, but we are not a want match. I want a man who walks in truth and integrity. You're not that guy. I love you, and goodbye. Do you see the difference? Number seven, abusers are highly reactive and have the same predictable reactions over and over. They also tend to be serious. 
If they are a joke jokester type, the, the kind of jokes that they typically enjoy are ones that are malicious. And, you know, that's not funny at all. So again, serious. The emotional climate of your abuser depends on things that happen outside of him. He's not able to regulate his emotions on his own. So he might come home from work highly triggered by anyone who doesn't do what he wants them to do. He'll be in a good or bad mood depending on what you're doing or not doing, saying or not saying. This is why he needs to control you, because he's depending on you to regulate his emotions. He'll do the same things and say the same things over and over again. You'll be able to predict what he'll say or do in any given situation because his repertoire of responses is so limited. He's unable to think creatively or problem solve on his own. He's, it's kind of like a parasite that must get all of its needs met through outside sources, particularly his abuse target. He isn't playful because playfulness requires a person to be self-aware and have the ability to accept oneself, warts and all, to be able to poke fun at his own self. And the narcissist abuser is unable to do this. So what can you do about that? Well, while he is unable to regulate his emotions without your cooperation, you can learn to regulate yours without needing his approval or cooperation. You can learn to be self-differentiated so that whatever he does or says is just an objective fact and you don't make it mean anything about you personally. You recognize that his pathology and behavior only gives you information about who he is, not about who you are. So when he says, you've put me in a rotten mood because you haven't given me the kind of sex I like in three days, instead of thinking, ooh, I'm a bad wife who's letting my poor husband down and feeling guilty and catering to his whims, you can give him back his own responsibility to manage his moods as an adult and think, oh, look at my husband. He's stuck in emotional childhood again. I sure hope he'll be able to find some help for himself. And then you can walk away feeling peace. You can have a nice evening doing whatever you were planning to do because you've made a boundary for yourself that you don't have to have sex with someone who whines and guilt manipulates you. You let him own what is his and you own what is yours. You don't have to feel guilty about that. And again, I can help you with this in flying free. This is the kind of coaching I do with women every single week. Number eight, abusers interfere with your other relationships. They like to plant seeds of doubt and anxiety in your mind and in the minds of those around you regarding your identity or their identity. Again, they live in their own pretend world and their perception is totally skewed. But if they've got you wired into their universe, you'll buy into their skewed perception, which is only going to add to your confusion, pain, and anxiety. Abusers are amazing triangulators. They love to pit one person against another. They love to switch sides and they get everyone all worked up. Entire families can split because of these kinds of tactics. If you've ever been the victim of triangulation or a well-executed smear campaign, then this is the dynamic I'm talking about. So what can you do? Guess what? It takes three sides to make a triangle and you can remove a side. Yours. Refuse to talk about anyone else with your abuser. Refuse to talk about yourself with him. Now your brain is going to say, oh, but he's my husband and I should have an intimate relationship with him and share all my deep, dark feelings and thoughts. 
Well, been there, done that, and have the certificate on my wall. I can tell you right now that's going to come back to bite you in the butt a million times over. And I'm guessing you already know what I'm talking about. So you're going to have to do some serious rewiring of your brain if you want to get out of that triangle. Once you're out, then your abuser is still going to be able to campaign against you with others who might either be jealous of you or mad at you or they don't like it that you're becoming an adult and controlling your own life now. But that's okay. That's okay. Let them. I'm telling you, when you take your side of the triangle out, you're going to leave all the drama behind you. Feels so good. Now you've got energy to rebuild your amazing adult life. Number nine, abusers align themselves with others who think and believe as they do. They have one-track brains, and they're not usually open to learning anything new. So they must only be with those who agree with them. They have very limited and narrow relationships with just a few others, and those relationships aren't very deep. They're only able to revolve around a few selected subjects. Their conversations tend to be transactional and shallow. When they do express an opinion, they assume that everyone will agree with them. They expect everyone to agree with them. And if other people don't agree with them, then they'll go into attack mode. We see this on Facebook all the time. This is why you're going to find a lot of abusers in religious environments, which also tend to be rigid, uh, black and white, in and out, legalistic and narrow in their focus and perspective. Environments like that are going to attract people like that. And here's why. I just saw this commercial on Hulu for a Christian dating app, and this pretty young, clean-looking Christian girl was talking about what she was looking for in a nice Christian guy. And my immediate reaction was, you know what? If I was a narcissistic abuser and I saw this commercial, I'd be like totally downloading that app, knowing that all I had to do was get on there and act like a, a really nice Christian boy, and I'd have my pick of ripe, easily manipulatable young women, women who are already primed to meet my needs, cater to my emotional whims, and even believe it's their Christian duty to do so. I'd hardly have to do any grooming at all. Gross. So what can a woman who's married to someone like this do? Well, she can't make them learn anything new or talk to others and get new perspectives. But guess what? She can do that. She can develop her own relationships outside of her marriage and religious environment and learn how to relate to others who are not like her. She can read books written by authors from all over the world to understand other cultures and the experiences of other people. There's a big wide world out there brought to our very own living rooms via computers and TV and smartphones. She can dive in and explore that world and gain a larger perspective of life in general. This will introduce her brain to new ideas and new ways of thinking and feeling that will eventually transform her life. She needs to know that just because her husband is stuck in ruts of his own making, she is free to create movement in her brain and in her life. Number 10, you know how when you get a bacterial infection and you take an antibiotic and the doctor says to take the whole prescribed dose until it's gone? And then he or she will warn you that if you don't do that, the bacterial infection might not be totally killed off. What happens if that bacterial infection is not destroyed completely? Well, it comes back worse than ever. Same with an abuser. If you set well-defined boundaries of protection around yourself and then you don't stick to them, your abuser is going to come back stronger than ever to suck you in and continue to abuse you. 
because now he knows that you've tried to arm yourself once, so he's going to be more alert to anything you do that might be similar to an immune response in your body. He's going to make sure that he keeps you sick so that you're not strong enough to reestablish your boundaries. This is just like, you know, malignant cancer cells that will band together to form a tumor if the body's immune system is compromised. So will his power over you increase as you lower your own immune response or boundaries to his pathology. So what can the abuse target do? Well, she needs to turn her focus from him to herself, to her own growth. She needs to begin to practice honing her own skills and taking personal responsibility for herself rather than for him and practice regulating her own emotions in the face of his emotional dysregulation. The only way she can do that is by letting go of what is not hers to control, namely his life and emotions and viewpoint, and take back what is hers to control, which is her life and emotions and viewpoint. Now, to sum all of this up, both of these podcasts, up the, last, the last one, which is 133, and then this one, 134, I want you to understand that abusive people have no true sense of self. And because of this, you're going to see an abusive person do a couple of things. They're going to violate the boundaries of others, expecting others to take responsibility for what is theirs, and also taking what belongs to others to satisfy themselves. In other words, they will borrow the selves of others to gain their own sense of self, but it never is their true self because it's the self of someone else, right? And then two, because they have no sense of self, in other words, they are literally blind to their own self, they will never be able to see the truth about who they are or what they're doing. They have no self-awareness. And if they have no self-awareness, they cannot be taught anything or learn anything about who they are or what they're doing that is creating so much destruction to those around them. This is why if you've ever thought, why is, is nothing changing? Why can't I get through to him? This is why. Your saving grace is to become what God intended for you to become from the day he created you. And that is your self. This is the work we do in Flying Free which is a support and training program for Christian women in emotionally and spiritually abusive relationships and or environments. We do this through weekly coaching, courses, expert workshops, live gatherings, and a private forum. I am confident that this is the most comprehensive and transformative intentional program out there for survivors. If you are someone who's sick of the same old ruts and you're tired of focusing on the abuse and you're ready to get down and dirty with working on your own amazing life, then this is the program for you. Tuition for an entire year of strategic, intentional retraining of your brain's programming is only $290. And if you can't afford the full amount up front, you can pay $29 on a month-to-month basis. We now have a screening process in place. In other words, you have to go through an application process if you want to get in because we really want to help women in particular who are ready for this kind of next level personal work. If you believe that this might be you, you can learn more and apply at joinflyingfree.com. I want to thank you so much for listening and until next time, fly free.